Welcome back, everybody. We're here for week eight of the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer, here as always with Sloan Schaefer. Hello. Glad to have you here, Sloan. Better yet, glad to have you here in person. This is a live, in-person filming session of the Boys Dynasty Podcast, fresh off a Purdue victory against Tennessee and what was a perfectly reft game. I think we're all feeling pretty good. Glad to record. And we have a special guest today. Actually, the person's house who we're at right now. Special guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, this is Dylan. Hi, Dylan. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome on the Thank pod. you. Thanks for hosting us in your house. Oh, you're welcome. Sloan pays to live here, but I am but a mere guest. Yep. Uh, Sleeping just, on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in this iceberg of a home. So... <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad to be talking fantasy off a of Purdue win. As always, we should kick it off with last week's results. It was a wild ride. We had talked two horse race last week, and obviously that didn't end up being the case. Sloan, I know that was really your quote. I'd love to get your thoughts on last week's results, especially heading into the final week of the playoff race. Yeah, well, I'll have to look at it. I didn't pay too much attention <laughs> to the scores last weekend. And I think a big part of it was because I was out of town. So I wasn't, uh, you know, glued to the TV like I usually am on the weekends. Um, but I'm happy that it's more competitive than I thought it was going to be. I think when it's just two teams, especially in a table format, I think it's not as exciting than when it's three teams. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm happy that there are still three teams that can win it. Uh, and I'm happy that Colin is one of those three teams. Cause I think he deserves to be in the mix at the last week of the playoffs. Yeah. Colin, I think we would have been pretty disappointed if injuries would have totally ruled him out of playoff contention. Cause he has gotten pretty unlucky through the playoffs. It looks like he won't be spared this last week with what's going on with Darren Waller, but uh, you know, he's at least there. He has a shot, which I think is all he really was hoping for with how he handled his season this year. Dylan, what do you think of last week's results? Um, yeah, I think they were pretty interesting. I, I'm in the same, same boat as Sloan. I happened to be driving back from Georgia on Sunday, uh, and I was actually the one driving from about noon till six o'clock or so. So, mm. again, wasn't able to keep up with fantasy or watch football all that much, but yeah, I think everyone's happy that Tom or that Colin gets a, uh, a good shot at winning um, in the final week. Well, as somebody with no commitments, unlike either of you, I actually didn't <laughs> pay attention to last week's results. And I have a few observations myself. Uh, the first is for on good team. We'd ruled them out, said, Hey, two horse race, Colin, Tom. Yeah. I think maybe as we might have, it should have expected Tommy's team put in a last place finish as has kind of been his story of this year where he's either booming or he's busting, but I know Anga's probably feeling pretty good about Dak this last week, absolutely torching the Washington football team, putting up 30 fantasy points. We saw 30 from Joe Mixon, great performances around the board. Finally, those running backs are paying off. Um, even though we didn't see a great performance from Alvin Kamara with Ian book out, I think next week he can, only get a little bit more upside. And I, I do think for on good, he's really been the only team in this playoff picture that hasn't been dominated by injuries. Uh, pretty much everybody else has either faced bye weeks or injuries in some pretty significant capacity. And I think on good's team has looked pretty good overall, which has been a huge saving grace, I think, and really is the main reason he's in contention with both 
Colin and Tommy, considering he has 80 less points than Tommy over the course of the entire playoffs. Yeah, it was a bad week for the playoff teams in general. On good one uh, with 140 points, four toilet bowl teams scored more than 140 points last week. <laughs> and one of them was your team, Josh. <laughs> Another one of them was your team. And it was my team, yeah. Josh. And you, Mike's team. Mike's and, team. And Mike's team, yeah. Uh, but Josh, you didn't have a full active lineup last week, right? No, I'm uh, anti-full lineup in the playoffs because TJ Hawkinson is out for the rest of the season and I'm pretty comfortable with, yeah. with not playing him. Yeah, so Angus should feel good that he got the, what was it, five points last week? Yeah. But it's also, you know, it was a bad week and a lot of COVID, uh, a lot of players out due to COVID, which changed things up and made this a more exciting playoff race. Uh, but as those players get activated off of the COVID list, especially with the new COVID protocols that the NFL instituted, we should be back to basically full lineups, uh, minus a few players here and there. But yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping Colin wins it. I don't know how you guys feel, but I think I think Colin deserves it. I don't know. I you know, Colin deserves it in the sense that he maybe has the best team when fully healthy, but it's hard to say in fantasy football you deserve anything, right? Because it's a total crapshoot. So I I I really think Tommy got incredibly unlucky last week. He still put up 107 and he was missing his starting quarterback, his Best wide receiver. Uh, James Conner didn't play last week. Right. You know, he had to start Jake Fromm in the playoffs as the leading playoff team. He's starting a rookie quarter or a second year quarterback from Georgia. And, you know, even though, as I've mentioned many times, I own Tommy's first round pick. Don't forget it, Tom. Um, I'd like to see him win. I think it would be the perfect illustration of how Dynasty works, right? Because there's, if we were doing a redraft year, there's no way Tommy wins in a redraft league, right? There's no way. But only because we're in a dynasty league could Tommy come out on top, which I think would be the most exciting outcome of all. Do you think Tommy's strategy drafting in a dynasty draft helped him for a redraft <laughs> league in terms of like a one-year thing? Like, I think Tommy's team was kind of a redraft team, but also kind of not. Like, it was... You know, I know he mentioned Jameis Winston Winston should be up there for best pick, but right. that is he knows that's not true. So I think that Tommy did exactly what we thought him to do, he would do come draft day. And it's worked out about as well as it could have, primarily thanks to Aaron Rodgers really carrying his weight. And, you know, he's not been it's not like he's had an easy ride, right? He's had difficulties. James Robinson with the Achilles tear, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, he's got as good a shot as any to win. I still personally think on good's team is the best team going into the last week of the regular season. Um, but I don't know. I'd like to see Tommy. What about you, Dale? Who do you want to see win the playoffs? I know Austin is theoretically eliminated, can only get second. You've got on good Colin, Tommy. Who's your pick? Of who I want to win or who I think will win? Both. Um, who I want to win, it doesn't really matter because I'm not in it. Um, Um, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I I think Colin makes sense because he had, you know, the best season as a whole. So you want to see the team that is the best win. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having a bunch of injuries right at the end of the season, that does suck who I think will win. Uh, let me see. 
Um, is so is Taysom Hill going to be back next week for? Uh, I believe he should be. I think he will be back. Okay. The, so I mean, you imagine Camara will get quite a few more, you know, be a little bit more useful than six points. Yeah. So I don't know. I I can see I can see Olga pulling it out. Um, I don't know. Strong. It's, it's a it's a crapshoot. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's it's fantasy football. It's a crapshoot. Dylan, it is a crapshoot. Yeah, and I that's what it. I love. Very good Shout out to the table format because I don't think we could have asked for much more. There's going to be basically every game is on Sunday of this week. Well, so it's going to be Sunday is going to be like the perfect day. Three teams evenly positioned, and all we get to do as people of the losers bracket is sit back and watch it unfold, which I think is really all I could have asked for going into the season. If I knew I wasn't going to make the playoffs. Yeah. If we were looking at head to head matchups throughout the season and the playoffs, we would be watching. Who would it be? It would be Austin and Tommy right now, but Austin that's even without reseeding it out. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Austin and Tommy duking it out, which in its own respect would have been pretty funny. Fun. Yeah. But I, I think this is better. I mean, Austin's still got something to play for. I don't think he gives up for two draft spots. You know, if the difference is 75 bucks, I think I'd rather have $75 than draft two spots. I think I would take the money every time. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you're playing for. Exactly. Exactly. You're not playing for the boys championship. Well, if you're out of contention until we get a trophy made by Tommy, (laughs) who I believe has already volunteered to make the trophy, regardless if he wins or loses. Um, you know, once I see how pretty that trophy is, I might uh, I might want to play for that. Same money. <laughs> if you there's know, any money left after all the expenses, I have. So, How's it been for you, Sloan? I'd like to know. You know, with you would be dominating the playoffs if you were in them right now. I think you might have won every week but one at this point, and you would have been second in the other week where you weren't first. Well, I think it would depend. So are you saying if I beat Tommy out for that? Yeah, if you had gone in the last spot, how how are you feeling watching it unfold, knowing that your team is still outperforming despite all the injuries that are going on? Uh, I didn't have a good week 15. I only scored 129. Um, but – yeah, I I got lucky last week. I think with some, at least with uh, Justin Jackson, the yes, the Chargers backup. backup. Yeah. yeah, he balled out, and I had some other. I mean, last week for me it was boomer bust for each of my players. A lot of my guys had really good games, and then a lot of most of the others had really poor games, and that's why I finished third in the toilet bowl. Uh, but I didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. I didn't have enough points. I didn't qualify, and. I think the guys who are in there deserve to be in there and I'm enjoying watching them play for it all. Yeah, I agree. I think Matt's probably feeling the same way as you are. Cause it really, I think you and Matt probably would have both been the top two teams heading into the last week of the playoffs. Probably. Uh, it's pretty crazy Yeah, that the toilet bowl has unfolded that way, but that's the story. I mean, in the NFL teams that miss the playoffs don't even get to keep playing. So we're truly in a luxurious place that we get to watch these loser teams duke it out in the toilet bowl, which I think is really exciting. Any other thoughts from you, Dale? You're also in the toilet bowl this year. I think you're in third right now uh, behind Matt and Sloan. Yes. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? Are you even caring or are you just kind of on the next season already? Um, I'm on the next season already. And I think I was probably about two thirds of the way through the actual season. Mm. Um, just because I didn't think my team had it in them this year. I think I was always building for next year. 
and the next probably five years after that wow. with who, what I have on the team right now. Okay. Um, well, I mean like my draft strategy and I've made one trade throughout the year um, was which trade I, I traded with Mike for Jimmy G. I think I, we traded some draft picks and I think that was it. I forget. Mm-hmm. Was that the only trade you had? That was the only trade I had. Yes, there was, that was another one. one. No, I don't think oh, there, there was, was another one. one? There was two that trades. Doesn't... No, I thought you only traded one. <laughs> Actually, that's not three ring. trades. Yeah, we that's had the true. actual trade. The one we had the reverse <laughs> and then the last Yeah, trade. so the only trade I had with was with Mike oh, wow. um, and then actually the other two with, were with Mike too. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I think, yeah, you know, the quarterback situation we all know could be really good if Deshaun Watson beats these uh, allegations, which we're not here to talk about okay. the future. Yeah. Team. We're here to talk toilet bowl. We're talking. Okay. We're here to talk <laughs> toilet bowl. Um, yeah. I guess not care is probably the right word because, um, because I, uh, um, for instance, still don't completely understand the COVID rules with players. Mm, so no Josh, worries. Josh Allen, um, he, I think was in COVID protocols like Thursday or Friday. And I was just like, Oh, he just definitely can't play. So I just took him out, not realizing that he could. And when I went to drive to Georgia uh, or excuse me from Georgia back to Indy, I didn't see that he actually was playing, so I couldn't put him in, which it didn't matter anyways, because I think both Jimmy G and uh, Carson Wentz had already played, if I'm not mistaken. So it didn't it didn't even matter at that point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, my best running back got injured about three weeks before – a week before Toilet Bowl started. Um, Who's that? Uh, DeAndre Swift. Okay. Yeah. Um, Tough when you say your best running back's on the Lions, but – I mean, he was – Top five running back for most of the year, yeah. All right, he was pretty good, yeah. All right, uh, so it is what it is. Um, Michael Pittman started to look like his old self again, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I I don't think I'll win the toilet bowl. I don't, I don't know that. Well, you're mathematically (laughs) okay. Well, (laughs) I was was correct then. Um, so safe bet for last week, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think you'll win the toilet bowl. <laughs> I think your your team is looking forward to next year. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for this week because Matt, while on vacation, took the time to put out some power rankings for the final week of the real playoffs well, of the toilet bowl. He put up some power rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Just for the playoffs. Just for the real playoffs. Because so. that's all that matters at this point. Yes. He's got Colin on good Tommy and then Austin obviously eliminated. Gone. The odds are super close, you know, around 30% for each team. I think it's going to be a, a true toss-up. Have you had a chance to look at the lineup, Sloan? Is there any team that you're thinking takes it home at this point? I know we got Dill's opinion, but I'd love to hear what you're thinking about it. Well, with all the teams tied at nine playoff points, nine table points, I think you need to look at the total fantasy well i guess it doesn't matter this week because they're all tied yeah it's, it's just straight line it's straight up it it's doesn't matter line there's up. no yeah. tiebreaker no yeah. tiebreaker so tommy's big week one of the playoffs doesn't no. matter yes um no i haven't looked at their <laughs> at the lineups this week if you would like to chat about it a little <clears> bit while i look at the sleeper app yeah i mean i think what i've said kind of earlier on kind of holds true in that on goods limited impact from covid and injuries has reigned true throughout the playoffs mm. He's not missing a single player. Last week he was out of Mike Williams, but I don't think that's too big of a deal as he's pretty hit or miss. He's got his full strength lineup for the last week of the playoffs. 
And I think he's really the only team that can advertise that that's still in contention. Um, Collins team looks okay. He'll have Kelsey back this week, which is huge, but I think missing potentially Waller now that he has COVID and all of the other injuries he has to deal with. I mean, he's still starting Alan Lazard uh, as the number one overall seed, which is absolutely crazy. And if he can't start Darren Waller, we might see another Naheem Hines Hail Mary for a last week touchdown, uh, which I think is basically all Colin can hope for when he plays him. He's got some big guys on his roster, though, with Cooper Cup, Debo, with uh, Garoppolo potentially being out this week, which could mean, you know, more running back touches for Debo. And then Kelsey. Yeah, when you look at Lazard, it is kind of like, all right, how's this guy, uh, you know, still in contention? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if if Darren Waller can't play, he might have to start Rex Burkhead this week, which is, like, a very, very dark place for the, for heading into your final week of championship that you would be starting Rex Burkhead and Alan Lazard. Those are two players you never want to see in your lineup. No matter how many studs you have, like, those are two touchdown or bust kind of players. So I, I'm a little scared for what he's going to be able to put out this week. I think now that I look at the lineups, I'm, I might be leaning towards Austin. Austin can't win. Oh, well, <laughs> well, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards Austin in terms of who finishes first. Gotcha. Uh, and after that, I don't know, maybe I, I guess I'm not high on too high on Colin right now. So I, I mean, Tommy, you're on good. I mean, purely from a projection standpoint, Angad is the highest projected at about 156 for this week. So he's most likely to win. Tommy's second, and then Colin is all the way down at third. Yeah. The Mike Williams, though. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Yeah. But it's better than, I mean, I mean, it's better than what Colin's playing. I don't think, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, has been a pretty big find for Tommy in the back half of the season. I'm sure when he drafted him, he was obviously knowing that Amon Ra would pop off in the second half. Good, good, big props to you, Tom. But yeah, I mean, out Mike Evans, out James Robinson, you know, no Jameis, no Derrick Henry. I mean, you could argue that Tom's team has faced as many injuries as any team. So it's pretty incredible yeah. that he seems this likely to win still going into the last week. I think my final pick would be Colin. Yeah, really? Wow. I do. Like we were talking earlier about the – it was the Packers-Vikings game. Yeah. That's going to be played in very cold weather. Yes. Tommy's got Rodgers, and he's been a good player for him. And the – I don't know, I can't remember what the stat was, something like 100-something yards on average in games played. Yeah, it was like 60 completions, 160.3 touchdowns in games in single-digit temperatures. So that'll be Rodgers playing in the cold, and then you have Justin Fields as his other quarterback. Yeah. But Justin Fields against the New York Giants. Oh. I still don't feel good about that. It, I mean, that is the ideal situation for Justin Fields, though. Yeah. I think I'm taking Colin because of Cup, Samuel, and, and Kelsey, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The studs are really what win you championships. Yeah. And I think that's what it'll come down to. I'm personally going on good for my championship pick. If I had to pick the top three, I'm excluding Austin because it doesn't really matter where he finishes, but I'm going to go on good. Colin, I'm going to go on good Tommy Colin. I think Colin's team is too depleted this year, this week, if Waller doesn't play. Yeah. Um, so that's my official prediction for the championship. So I'd love to see on good win. I think it'd be fun. You know, it's a little unfortunate that there's been so many injuries and COVID during the playoffs. I think that has been a very negative impact to have to have 
dealt with that and that we didn't have rules in place beforehand. Um, and I'll take responsibility for that because it really wasn't an issue at all during the regular season. So it's weird that it's been so bad in the playoffs, but yeah, a lot to learn definitely uh, heading into next season in terms of how to deal with COVID for sure. What about you, Dale? What's your final three prediction for uh, the last week? I know you said you think Colin is the team or you think he comes in second and third. No, I actually, I think on good is, I guess on good. Yeah. I think on good. Uh, I think it's really close between on good and Tommy. And I think it's because of that player you mentioned, St. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last – they're playing Seattle. Seattle is not the Legion of Boom anymore. No. They, no more Boom. Yeah. They, the last four weeks, he's 19 and a half, 11, 19 and a half, 21 and a half. So, you know, that's uh, – he, he's definitely coming up on in the uh, clutch for Tom. So, I don't know. I, I kind of like – I like Tom. While we talk about our predictions for next week, since it's a Thursday, we can talk about waivers that happened last night. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy's been saving up all year to drop five hundred on Dare. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna guess how to pronounce it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that really good. Yeah. yeah that was, oh, yeah. I know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, you got it. You nailed it. He had to outbid two other players, both bidding zero <laughs> <laughs> between Colin and Mike. Tom, I knew you were saving up those waivers for one week. I'm glad to see that Dare hasn't made your starting lineup for the last week of the season. But who knows? A 27 year old RB going into next year, he may end up being stuck. So <laughs> definitely. Well, he, he had to get him for this week, right? Because. Robinson got hurt. I guess the yeah. handcuff for that. I guess. I don't know. I so mean, you might as well cover all your bases and, yeah. and pick him up, even if you don't know if you're going to play him or not. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the biggest takeaway for me from waivers is it's very interesting to see that none of the playoff teams picked up alternate defenses. I was the only one who did. Um, I think, you know, you look at the, the teams. Colin has the Eagles against the Washington football team really bad. Ongood has the Patriots against the Jags, which is obviously a great matchup. They're projected for 14 points, which honestly is a little high. 14 is kind of crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, Tommy's been riding the Colts hard through the playoffs. Um, but it's been interesting to me that the teams already ended up having their defenses heading into the last week. I would definitely not have guessed that that would have happened. I don't think it's safe to try to pick up your defense on waivers for that week. I, I think doing it at least two weeks. That ahead. is so – you roster two defenses, though. That's such a waste of roster I, I don't think so. I think at this point in the season, you have your guys for next season, and then if you have leftover spots, you might as well pick up multiple defenses if it's going to help you in the future. There are guys that should be rostered that are not rostered. Who? Right there. Right now. Yeah. Who? I mean – I'm not going to say who I think should be <laughs> rostered because I don't want you to pick them up, but I'm just okay. saying there are definitively players that should be rostered. Cole Beasley. Cole, Cole Beasley. <laughs> I'm a little interested why Mike picked up Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, he's only 26. Yeah, but you have Gabe Davis on that roster as well. He's much younger. Look at you picking up Gabe Davis. I know. Like a true scout. Right, and he's been a stud since I picked him up. I so. mean, 11 targets for Isaiah last week. You know, I don't think Gabe – I think Gabe was a good pickup. I think that that's something you won't end up regretting. But, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Mike picked up Isaiah. It's definitely the kind of player he'll try and trade for a fourth rounder. I can't wait for he drops him. Yeah, I can't wait to hear his explanation <laughs> in the group me after he listens to this. He's like, you know what? I actually think he's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, sorry, Mike. I know that I know that you don't like it when we do this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Waivers were kind of boring to me. I don't think yeah. either of the Eagles running backs will end up being worth anything same long term. So kind of a kind of a boring week and even though you say i've given up on the playoffs i still picked up a different defense to stream so i appreciate that yeah i'm not i'm not fully out any thoughts from you dill on the waivers i know you made a few claims this week just kidding no i mean uh, zero i think it's probably been a few weeks since you made a waiver claim probably yeah. right i'm again i'm happy with my team going into next year you know i don't need a ton of space because my two injured reserves players are you know going to be coming out um, I, it's going to be tough to see who I'm actually going to cut from my team, uh, come next year. So I don't want to, I, you know, I know we have kind of the outstanding question of how many roster spots we're adding, but I'm, yeah, kind of just holding steady. I think it'll be tough to decide which of the two defenses that you roster you want to drop for next year. No, that was so. Yeah, that, that's true. I will want to. I will want to drop one of them. My my main thinking. Well, we're not was, having defense next season. I think. Exactly. I think. Right. Uh, that's true. Um. Yeah, I forgot. They'll be uh, Um. Our defenses. So yeah, I have two defenses because their matchups were kind of like offsetting. Like one played bad teams and then the other one played bad. Teams. Yeah, you so, want the, the team that plays the Jets, basically. Yeah, that's how streaming defenses has been. We're in a dynasty league, guys. Not a re. We're we're missed the playoffs already. Yeah, I think this is about it. Well, I think that's a very natural transition into the reason you're on the podcast this week, Dill. And it's not because we're sleeping at your house or because we're recording it here. It's because we want to hear about the vision for Josh Allen's fan page. Uh, what you think of your team right now? What you think about it going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've had a decent season this year. I think considering you know you had two great running backs on IR throughout the course of the year, you still ended up doing pretty well. You secured a good draft pick despite still being in the playoff race. How are you feeling about your team? Who are the players you're most excited about going forward? Uh, most excited about going forward. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson. Those are uh, probably Kyle Pitts in there too. Um, those are kind of the guys. Um, people that I'm, you know, kind of on the fence about, but still fairly excited about Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman. Um, and then, you know, Dobbins and Etienne, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what that happens with them. Um, you know, uh, obviously Lamar Jackson is a running back who's playing quarterback. I think we can agree on that. Um, and so getting down in the goal line, JK Dobbins might not have the opportunities that most running backs would have. Um, and then Etienne, you know, he's a rookie who, what, tore his ACL. I, I forget what his injury was. Um, but uh, plays for a terrible team. So it'll be interesting. And they have a, a stud in James Robinson. So Tony Kelly is out for next year. He's, oh, that's right. I forgot about so that. So huge win for you. Big that win is. for the Etienne train. Well, I mean, what's his face came back after like five weeks or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I think it depends on the location that the Achilles is torn for how much of an impact it has. Like within the United States. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's torn in Florida, it's much worse. Um, yeah, no, so um, that's kind of the big things. Other big thing is, you know, 
I think the question mark surrounding Deshaun Watson, I've had him for this long. I'm going to keep holding on to him. So you've had him for literally one year. It's not like you. I mean, that's a hundred percent of the season. Yeah. It's not like it's been that big of a roster spot to hold on to though. No, it hasn't. And that's exactly why I'm holding on to him. Yeah. I like my draft strategy was to pick youngish players. I think my oldest player is oldest, like big contributor is Josh Jacobs, I think. And he's like 26. No, he's like 23. It's 23. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Maybe he's numbered. I don't know. Okay. This is, this is a great point of playing fantasy with Dylan. Cause I think this illustrates a lot of how I feel as a heavily invested owner. Dill, yeah, I forgot I, the age of a single player. Yeah, okay, right. I, I agree with your strategy. It has been to draft young players. You've had a lot of opportunities to sell really high on players throughout this year, specifically Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman, Cortland Sutton, uh, potentially Tony Pollard, Chase Claypool. Um, you know, a lot of names that you could have really, in my opinion, sold high on that have really tailed off on the back end of the regular season. Um, do you have any thoughts on kind of not moving these players at the time? I know you're naturally kind of trade averse, uh, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but, um, you know, what do you think about kind of holding on to these big names, uh, every single one of them, you know, during their boom period? Um, only one that I would be maybe concerned that I should have done something with is Cortland Sutton. And even then I'm not that concerned because, or I shouldn't say not that concerned, but I think my flex positions will likely be um, running backs next year. And so the big things will be wide receivers who, who will fill that, which is obviously Justin Jefferson one, and then switching between probably Marquise Brown and Michael Pittman. Um, Michael Pittman is still very young, you know, It's only his second year in the league, and he has, I think, definitively put himself as wide receiver one for the Colts. Um, Marquise Brown. So you don't care about Kirk? No. Christian Kirk? I mean, you know, he's good, but I I still have high hopes for Rondell Moore, obviously. He's, you know, he's coming up. DeAndre Hopkins is best wide receiver on that team. They just got what's-his-face, Zach Ertz. Um, Right. So I think he's a good player. Um, and that isn't, you know, another instance, I think he is pretty young too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, he's 25. He was, I think he was the, the older, one of the older guys I drafted. Um, but anyway, so I, I think Sutton was one of the ones that I'm kind of concerned with, but with Aaron Rodgers, I know he wants to go out to potentially Denver after this year. So if they get an actual quarterback who isn't, um, uh, Drew Lock, Drew Lock, or uh, uh, Teddy B. Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. You know, he could have a good quarterback thrown to him. Did it? Oh, go ahead, son. What are you going to do with your quarterbacks next season? Um, you have just to explain it to the listeners. You have Josh Allen as your QB one. No yep. question about that. Right now, you have Garoppolo as QB two, and then you have Wentz. And Deshaun Watson on your bench. Uh, well, I'd say Carson Wentz is definitively QB two. He's just on the COVID list right now. Okay. Uh, he is number thirteen on the fantasy like total quarterback scoring. So he's had a. I mean, he has had an objectively good year. Like that is a good, solid QB two. Um, Wait, like, are you saying good for fantasy? 
He's, because he, I don't know if any Colts fan is like actually happy that Carson Wentz is the quarterback for the right. What? You're happy that Carson Wentz is a quarterback for the No, Colts. I wish Andrew Luck was still the quarterback. Okay, for, but that's right. not reasonable. Like you're glad they traded a first round pick to get Carson Wentz. Yes. Okay. Are you? No, but that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he he is definitely the limiting factor on this team, but so is a lot of quarterbacks right now in, in the NFL. And it's can he not make the boneheaded, you know, the boneheaded plays and win the, the, you know, when the game matters the most. But as you're saying, he's okay as a fantasy quarterback. Yeah. 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 Solid QB2. Solid QB2. So what are you going to do in bye weeks? Because you might not have Watson next season. Garoppolo has one year left on his contract, but he might be benched for, for Trey Lance. Got to start shopping the market at that point. Potentially, yeah. Afraid of trading, but. I mean, I've got all my draft picks, I believe. I traded one or two, but. Yeah, you got your first, second, fourth next season. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a follow-up question I have. You know, your quarterback situation is, I think, really heavily depending upon what happens with Deshaun Watson. But do you have any regrets about not making trades this year um, in any capacity? I think you're one of the least trade teams besides Austin. Um, do you wish looking backwards, you would have been a bit more active in the trade market or do you think for you specifically, it's not really the place to be? Um, maybe active, but, uh, there is no trade that I regret turning down. Yeah. Yeah. What trades were you offered that you turned down? Uh, I got to scroll through my text with Josh and Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Trading with Dylan is a nightmare. Yeah, it is. I I won't deny that. Every trade you text tonight, he's like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is like an actual journey worth me texting him about and investing my time and effort into. And then he's like, let me get back to you in like four or five hours about this. Yeah, it turns out I'm working during the day. And then he says, and then he says, I don't like it. And then there's no negotiation, but it's not an indication that he wants to stop the trade talks. I don't like it. Sounds like when stop to me. No. Oh, okay. I guess not. No, no deal would be that the no indication. Okay. I think the other trade I had with Dylan this year, and then I stopped was uh, we had one for Chase Claypool. I think it was like T Higgins and a third for Chase Claypool and a first. And you said no, I want T Higgins and a second for Chase Claypool and a first even though we had agreed to the Chase Claypool in a first for T and the third. And then they said, no. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was Justin Jefferson for T Higgins and a first. I don't think I ever was interested in trading Justin Jefferson. I think we he texted only... so much about him. Oh, well, we texted so much, but I don't think I was ever interested. Uh, you're teasing him, but you weren't. No, I think, we, I think we were just arguing about it. it. Okay. No, we were literally texting. He was like, uh, I think maybe, I don't know about the trade. It was... If you're telling me that you wasted three days of my life talking about Justin Jefferson, and I probably that, did. Yeah, you did. And you're, but you're saying like it wasn't actually a waste of my life, then that's just a lie. It was more than a arguing back and forth. It was a true like trade talk conversation about yeah. Justin. Yeah, Dylan, I think the only person I, the only player I reached out to you about was Garoppolo. I think I was hurting a quarterback and I, I tried to get him from you. I think it was right before the trade deadline, but we, we hardly had any material discussion about yeah. that. I tried to offer you also a first for Josh Jacobs, and you were not interested in that. No, I wasn't. So, which probably turned out for the best. I don't know. It's still to be to be determined. RB twenty for the year, mid first would be not a bad trade. Um, probably my RB three ish next year though. We'll see. Yeah, no, we'll see. Dobbins or Etienne come back. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think you've had a, you have a lot of young players, a lot of promise on the roster. I think around week six, I was much more excited about your roster than I am now. Um, you know, there's a lot of ver- variables with how Deshaun Watson comes back and how Dobbins and Etienne look. I mean, I think you got pretty fortunate that Robinson tore his ACL because th- or his Achilles because that opens up a lot of the backfield there. I think that could have been a lot of confusion, but Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a lot of upside players, uh, not a lot. I think, you know, Justin Jefferson and Swift and Allen are your proven talents, but I think everywhere else you're just kind of hoping that either people come back or become stars. Isn't that just about every team, though? No, no. I'm interested to see how just everything plays out over the offseason because I we've never been through this before. And, I mean, we could, you know, listen to – the advice we read on the internet, but how good is that going to be at the end of the day? Yeah. I have no idea. I think it's going to get to the point where there's not going to be as much parity in the league as there is right now. I think there might be some super stacked teams and then some teams that just don't, don't really care as much or have gotten unlucky with injuries or retirements and stuff like that. Uh, But only time will tell. Yeah, I think fortunately we've had some teams opt out of this year by personal decision, which has made it yeah. the parity a little bit like harder to argue. But I definitely agree that there will be a point in our league, maybe a year or two down the line, where certain teams just are definitively worse. Um, where I think at this point in, in the league, I think it's hard to say any one team is significantly better than another team. Uh, they all just have different strategies that they're using. Yeah, I would agree with that. So yeah, any any other questions you have for Dylan on his team, Sloan? I think I've gotten mine out. I had some personal beefs, obviously, with the the year with Dylan, uh, and there's one other topic I think that needs to be covered um, from Dylan's team. But yeah, I think I was just interested in the quarterback situation because there's a lot of what ifs for next season, um, and I'm, I was happy to hear Dylan's perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Agree. All right. Well, now I think it's time to talk about the piece that. Many of you may have forgotten about, um, I'm sure Mike hasn't, uh, I haven't, Sloan hasn't. We had a, a, a bit of a situation with Dylan earlier this year. Some may have called it trade gate. Um, I was involved. Dylan was involved. Uh, we had a situation with Kenyon Drake, a third round pick, a second round pick. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the exact details of everything that went down. But there was an instance in where Dylan was uninformed about a trade and accepted it, um, and it had to go in and be reversed due to some triggered feelings. Dylan, how did you feel about that situation? How do you feel about it now that we're maybe, I don't know, five to ten weeks removed from it? Probably closer to ten. Um, yeah, I think it – I forget when Josh Jacobs got injured, but it was pretty early on. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I never asked for the trade to be reversed. I think that is clear based on the text that were sent. Um, I don't know why it was reversed. I, I mean, the, so the situation was I was extremely busy because that was the weekend that I was closing on a house and I didn't see the news that I forget who the backup to Kenyon Drake was that was supposed to be running the ball more um, that the ex head coach um, John Green. Yeah, he, he said was going to be well. Yeah, I mean the ex head coach was going to be running the ball more, um, and so I just didn't see that news, and I accepted it after not doing a full amount of research. After seeing that, 
I texted Mike, I think just two words and then, you know, we kind of, (laughs) you can guess what the two words were. Um, Good trade. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, that was basically it. Um, The commissioner stepped in and said, we'd like to have the trade reversed and uh, well, or a second trade happen. And so the second trade happened. So the trade for people who are unaware was Kenyon Drake and Colin Marsh's second for Dylan's second rounder. So at the time, it seemed fairly obvious that Colin would have likely the best team and that Dylan would have one of the worst teams. So it was basically a move up in the second round. Less significant of a trade now, honestly, that I'm looking at it than what it originally looked like. Um, And I think this is my opportunity on the uh, podcast to want to apologize to Michael Um, you know, I can't say I'm a perfect commissioner, but one of the things that I am good at is admitting my mistakes and growing up for them. And I think, uh, when I stepped in and texted you about this, uh, saying, you know, this is taking advantage of Dylan, you know, we need to talk about this at the very least. I wasn't saying it needed to be undone, but I think I crossed uh, the line there by doing that as commissioner. I think this trade should have been upheld. It wasn't egregious, even considering the news, uh, to move up a few picks in the second round. Um, what was the trade again? It was Kenyon Drake in Colin second for Dylan second. Okay. Yep. So I think at the time of the trade, it was in mid September. So it was quite a while ago, but we were pretty confident that Colin's team was obviously the best and mm-hmm. Dylan's team was one of the worst. So I don't know. I, I think it's, it, it's, it was a huge deal when it happened. I think there was literally probably 50 group me messages that went back and forth about it. But I think now looking back on it, the trade is like really insignificant. Yeah, I just I look, I'm looking up. at it now and I'm like, this is not what I thought the trade was. It I seemed it huge. Yeah, it seemed like a huge trade. I think we were also thinking that I was solidly the last team, not even one of the worst teams. Because I mean, like, bottom, I think I'm what, fourth, right? Yes. It's, yeah. I mean, uh, fourth pick. So, yeah. you know, it's, I think it's Brian, Mike, you, and me, right? No, I am sixth pick. You might be third. I have no idea. You might be second, I think. Why did you? Uh, I don't know, dude. You should know no. where you're drafting. Maybe I'm third. Yeah, you're third pick. Yeah. Okay, I'm third. Then it's me. I don't know yeah, why. You got, you got yeah, Okay. Sixth pick, yeah. Um. But yeah, so, I mean, we thought I was solidly last probably at that point. Maybe ninth. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, even then, even if we would have thought that, it's just interesting to look back in kind of these dilemmas and see how we've grown yeah. as a league. Uh, you know, to kind of put this stuff behind us and move on. So apologies for that, Mike. I think everything is good now. I know you wanted to undo the trade so that you could still make trades with Dylan in the future, which is why you scored those two thirds for Jimmy G. I'm sure you're feeling good about that. Um, But yeah, I I think it just needed to be covered and and put to bed. I think this is the end of, of trade gate. And hopefully next year we can implement some rules to prevent this from happening in the future. So feeling good about that. All right. I think the last thing we want to talk about today, Brian, as always, grateful for your weekly emails. The content you produce uh, makes the podcast a lot easier. You put together some running back power rankings this week, which were, in my opinion, a great read. Sloan, I'm sure you were feeling excited about the rankings. Let me get your thoughts on your team and a little bit more broadly. How did you feel about the other teams that were ranked uh, in the league? I think specifically with my team, Brian was very accurate. 
I well no, and I say this, I feel like I have the best running back players in the league, but Brian explains in the paragraph below the players that it was a hard decision. And I do think it's a hard decision. I have players who are getting older and then I have a few players who are younger. My two young guys are Ramondre Stevenson and Chase Edmonds. I'm a little surprised Brian even put Mostert on my running back list <laughs> because Mostert is so old. He gets hurt every season. Yeah. I'm surprised I've kept him on my roster as long as I've had. Uh, so I, I, I really do think I have the best running backs in the league, but I think it's a close call. Overall, I'm not going to lie to you. I just looked at my team, so I don't know how it looks overall. <laughs> uh, but I trust Brian's analysis, and I'm sure he did a great job. Wow. Well, I'm glad you were able to see your team first overall and then stop reading there. Some of us were a little bit further down the list, so we had to keep reading more. Uh, Brian, my last name is spelled S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R, just as a heads up. Um, but, Dill, I know your team came in a little bit lower than Sloan's team, still obviously elite, coming in at third. How did you feel about your ranking? How did you feel about everybody else? Um, I thought I might have come in a little bit lower just because of the uncertainty with uh, Dobbins and Etienne. Um I think Pollard has proven himself to be good, but he just happens to be behind Zeke. Um, so I think, you know, obviously Brian mentioned that, but yeah, I just figured I would come in a little bit lower, like maybe four or five. Um, let's see. Honestly, Tom's team being a little at seven is a little surprising to me with Chubb, Henry and Connor and Robinson. Um, obviously Henry's getting a little bit, Older, I, I don't know how old he is off the top of my head. Twenty eight next year. Yeah, so he, you know, he's getting the end of the running back like prime period. Um, so that's that's a little bit surprising to me. Although Connor did, did kind of had like a, you know, a big comeback season. So, and Robinson, I, I mean, obviously he's out next year, so that doesn't matter. But if we're looking for dynasty, he's still pretty young. Um, so that that one was a little surprising to me, I would say, but. No other big comments or anything? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a good list. I, I, I struggle with what's at the top. I think running backs are a very finicky thing to rank because it's all about your window, right? Yeah. And so if your window is like Mike's team being in ninth, that's probably where Mike's, Mike would want to be, right? You don't want your running backs to be – first overall if or second overall if you don't think that your team can actually win this year um but that, th this isn't this isn't about who's good this season this is dynasty this yeah. is dynasty but mike has tons of picks though you have to i mean the, the thing is you look at the top teams you know <clears throat> besides dylan neither of the first two teams have their first round pick uh for this year or next year right so yeah. you would expect their running backs to be good because Odds are, if you're giving up first round picks, you're trading for top end talent. So that you should be at the top two. Yeah. Dylan and Matt both have their first rounder next year. I have two next year. I think the team that's honestly the scariest is Colin's team. His team is a win now team. I don't think that his 
when you look at those running backs being 10th, that's pretty scary. He has no first this year, no first next year. Scary as in bad for bad him? For Colin, bad for Colin. Yes, okay. bad for Colin, yes. Um, I think his running back situation is is very difficult. Fortunately, he has a lot of other talent that he may be able to trade, but I think his two cornerstone pieces of Debo and Cup, he probably doesn't want to part with. And his, you know, tight end that he traded two first and a second for in Darren Waller is definitely not worth anywhere near as much as he was at the start of the season. And I think Colin admitted that. Yeah. Because he traded yes, for Waller to take Waller away from somebody else. Yes. To make sure nobody else could have Waller. Yeah, that is true. But I think now that the season is over and Colin's not guaranteed a win heading into the last week of the playoffs, right. if he wants to move one of those tight ends for another running back, the value of both Kelsey and Waller is significantly lower than I think it was due to Kelsey's age and now Waller's injury that he's been dealing with that has really taken him out of Ooh, a lead. He's what, 28? Yeah, he's old. He's, he's old 29. Yeah, yeah, he's 29. So he'll be old. Um, I, I'm worried for Colin's team. I think I think Brian had the bottom three right. Um, and really, I, it's hard for me to find a place to disagree with any of his rankings. For me personally, coming in at, at fifth, um, I felt a little bit higher on my team than than maybe uh, than maybe Brian did. I like my young running backs, but I can understand why he ranked me where he did. Um, I still think there's room to improve in the room, but as I call, I'm still seeing myself in the top five of all of the rankings. You're not liking my running backs? I don't. Not pro- I think Javante Williams is a great running back to have. I think anybody would love to have him. Antonio Gibson, he's been okay. He's been okay. He hasn't been who we thought he was going to be this season. RB12. Zeke's getting old. RB10. And Edward Delaire has been hurt. And, you know, he's been okay. Um, Dill, let's not play fetch with the dog while we're recording. Yeah, the dog. Sorry. He's being yeah, super we'll annoying be right now. Soon. Just let him rub the ball against your Let thighs. him lick the floor. It'll be fun. Yeah, he loves licking the rug. Let's send him up to lick the rug. Uh, I, I don't, I think fifth is probably accurate for you. Yeah, I agree. I think when I look at the teams that are above me, um, I, I'm a little bit less inclined to like Matt's team in fourth. Um, I think Najee is, is good, but he's only been good because of his volume. He's averaged a very low yards per carry. He's less than four. Same as Gibson. Austin Eckler is getting older and dealing with injuries. Um, and I think if you look after that, it's kind of a hodgepodge of, of throwing together oh, yeah. backs. So I think if we look at this list from a dynasty perspective, I would probably move Matt down below Austin in the six spot and move me and Austin up one spot each. Yeah, I think Matt might, might be a little high. Najee, great running back. Uh, Eckler, also good. Patterson, is he even going to be playing next season? Yeah. Who knows? Chubb is a handcuff for McCaffrey. Yeah. And Mike Davis, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Mike Davis was supposed to be the starting running back for the Falcons this year. Yeah. But he obviously got overtaken by Cordero. Well, I, th- I think Najee, I mean, he's been great this year. I think he'll be c- continue to be really good with – Big Ben seemingly being done with Pittsburgh. So what Mason, assuming they don't draft a quarterback to replace Mason Rudolph, you know, they're going to rely on him a lot and also for like small check downs, you know? So, yeah. But I mean, I'm pulling up his yards per carry because I do think it's worth noting. He is averaging 3.67 yards per carry this season, which is 
up there with like worst in the NFL. Yes, he is RB5 overall. 3.67 is really bad. Is that really? Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, like at okay. basically most of the other top tier running, every other top tier running back averages more yards. He's been purely a volume play. He has over 350 touches or nearly 350 touches so far this season, um, which, you know, we're not even, we still have a whole nother game to play or two full games to play. Um, and that kind of volume is not sustainable, especially for longevity. Now she's already an older running back at 23. Um, I'm not trying to degrade his value, but I think there's potential. 23, there. not a lot of usage though. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if you're 23, though, you probably played a lot of football in college and high school. That's so, a good point. Uh, you know, the carries still matter, even if they're not at the NFL level. So I think Matt's going to be itching for a running back in this year's draft um, in order to shore up that RB room. But I Xander think Horvath. Zandy in the Hey, he had a good outing tonight. He did look good. I talked to a Tennessee fan that said they were scared of him. So, you know, maybe you're up. Maybe he's the next draft pick. But Keep I think other than that, yeah, I, I think Brian did a great job putting together the list. I'm not going to say I dis- fully disagree with him in anything. I can see the logic behind all of his picks, but personally, I, I might have made a few tweaks here or there. But uh, overall, I think, Dill, you got to feel good. You know, running backs coming in next year really strong. It'll be interesting to see where you rank in the wide receiver room. Um, but, you know, you may have one of the best, most well-rounded teams, uh, you know, assuming players continue on the trajectory that they're at right now, which I think is very promising for the future. Yeah, that's kind of the uh, strategy I had moving forward um, when I realized that I wasn't where I was at or where I had hoped to be at the beginning of the season. Um, and so I think that that's kind of my thing is, you know, have something to look forward to next season and hopefully have a few good weeks this year. Agree. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what your team does next year. Um, I'm looking forward to texting you about trades and getting, uh, you know, dragged along the entire time. I think it's just part of the trading experience. Every boy has their unique style. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Uh, I think that's all I have to cover this week. Sloan, anything else you want to go over? No, but I would like to point out that this is the last podcast before the actual end of the season. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it feels – I'm happy that we started the podcast when we did. Yeah. I'm happy that we didn't wait until next season. I'm happy we just jumped into it and tried to figure it out just mid this season because next season, it's going to be so much better. I know we're going to improve. <laughs> we're going to do a lot of uh, just – I don't know. We're going to work on ourselves a lot. We're going to get this figured out, um, and it's going to be as good as we can make it. Uh, yeah. So I'm happy that, Josh, you put in the effort for this and all of our guests – who have come onto the podcast so far, put in the effort. Um, and, and also with uh, Matt, with the uh, power rankings and Brian with the dynasty digest. And I guess we have to point out Mike as well, doing the, the standings as well. Um, so just, yeah, I'm happy that we're doing this. And I think it's, uh, it's been, it's been fun for me and I'm sure it's been fun for everybody else. Couldn't agree more. I've had a great time. I love doing this. I love seeing how since we moved to a dynasty league, everybody has gotten like really leaned into uh, the process in the league. And I know these are the kind of things as commissioner, these are the kind of things we need to keep going in order to keep the league going for a long time. So, you know, even when we have years where teams are terrible, if they can look forward to a podcast or uh, email or a standing spreadsheet, uh, this is the future of our league. So I'm feeling really positive about that. Yeah. 
Well, great. Well, thanks to you, Dylan, for coming on, letting us stay at your house. I know Sloan pays to live here, but thanks for letting me stay for a few days and glad that we could bring a live pod to the boys. Uh, Going to be seeing you all tomorrow night for New Year's Eve. Uh, well, at least most of you tomorrow night, but uh, look forward to that. And thanks to everybody for listening in this week. God bless. Boiler up.